0: Welcome to episode four of How to Blank in 15 Minutes with me, Chantal Ami Osmond, and my co-host, Brian Young. Um, this week, we're going to talk about how to network, particularly via social media, in 15 minutes. And fortunately, we have Brian as a co-host, um, who is very, very good at networking and social media, both in person and online.
1: I wouldn't go that far.
0: Well, we'll just look at your follower count.
1: Well, that was really because I talked really passionately about something that I really liked, and a lot it resonated with a lot of people. Um, well, I really net- think we
0: could probably end the and end this how-to right there because I think that really is the key to online engagement.
1: Yeah, no, I think it is. I think it's really engaging authentically with people and engaging with them where, you know, fashion that doesn't say I'm trying to get something from you. And I think that that holds both in person and on, on, online.
0: But what if I want something from you?
1: It that's secondary to just engaging with them as a person. Fine. No, I think that's, I think when you do bad networking, whether it's online or whether it's in person, being too outward about what it is that you want from the person makes that person feel like they are an obstacle and not someone that they're interested in.
0: Absolutely. I think you're completely right. And I do think that one of the nicest things about the profession that we're in, which is, you know, the writing publishing space is that so many people are out there willing to give advice and to help. Um, And so it's really not necessary to, you know, do anything Um, untoward or covert um, because there are resources out there to help you anyway. Um, So it's probably not necessary, but what are some of your, let's start with in-person for, you know, the rare occasions nowadays that we actually are in person. Um, What would you say your top in-person networking tips are?
1: I think, I think that's the biggest one is like just engage with people on uh, a level of being interested in being friends, right? Like I much prefer working with friends and I'd much rather make friends with people before I work with them. It's going to give me a much better rapport to work with them. And so not approaching it, like don't come out of the gates and say, Hey, I want X out of you. Just get to know them, be personable, be able to tell stories about yourself, be able to tell stories about anything Um, I find one of the things that helps me network the most is just being able to talk about a lot of different things. And that's just, uh, be well-read, be versatile and well-rounded in the interests that you have, right? Like, I I also think
0: it's important, honestly, to just be allowed to be a fan, um, you know, be respectful of course, and not crazy and follow people like into the bathroom, but, um, I, people, you know, uh, try so hard to be impressive or an equal to somebody that they look up to. Um, And honestly, just sometimes going, I really admire what you do is the best approach to the situation.
1: Yeah. Um, And, and to wear your passion about things authentically and don't try to like, don't necessarily try to hide that passion, but bring it to the table it's much more fun to talk with somebody who's passionate about something than it is somebody who's guarded or jaded about something.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and listening, I think is key. Um, Like I said, also being respectful, you know, don't um, I know it's hard sometimes, again, when you're in that space where, especially if you're a new person in that space and you want to make sure that you show your credentials and that you deserve to be in that space and quite frequently that can have the opposite effect, um, because you're not listening to the person that you're talking to, um, you know, and, and people want to talk about themselves. So offering somebody else the space to do that and truly showing that you, like you said, are passionate or you admire their work. You know, I found this choice was great. Can you tell me what led to you doing that? Um, you know, what are you working on next? Any of these things where it just shows that you're actually interested in them um, and happy to be in the same space ends up being much better than jockeying for who has the best credentials to be there.
1: Yeah, and, and I would say too, like if you're going to meet in those situations, like um, one good key of networking is, yeah, going to a lot of these conferences and conventions, seeking out the people you want to talk to, but having a definitive like, this is the piece of advice I want. And then ask them if they can give that to you and offer something in return, ask them if you can buy them a drink or take them to dinner or whatever. Um, Because I think writers and most editors and most agents who are in those situations, especially at conferences and conventions, expect that. They know that you're coming up because you want some bit of information, but once that is out of the way, who knows where the conversation can go. Don't just sit there and wait for your turn to speak to promote the thing that you're trying to promote.
0: Yeah, no, I'll tell you one of my more embarrassing stories. I was at SleuthFest in Florida a few years ago. And Tom Straw, who is a brilliant writer in many, many fields, but I particularly obsessed obsessed with his work on Night Court. Um, Because honestly, the imprint that I work for right now probably would not exist if not for people like him who dealt with issues um, in a popular culture way that are honestly only just being talked about today. And I truly admire this man. And I had never met him before. And I basically walked up and I said, you know, I don't think I'd do what I do if not for your writing and night court. And it would really be an honor if I could buy you a drink and just like listen to a couple of your stories. And I, I think I probably did scare him at first for a minute. Um, but I did and I met his wife um, and I bought them drinks and we have been friends ever since and talk frequently. And it's been a wonderful friendship that I'm very lucky that I kind of girded my loins and walked up and said something that was just a little bit embarrassing.
1: I think that's something to remember though, is that everybody's human. These people that you want to talk to are human and there's nothing overly special about them other than that they have, somehow won the lottery of being a little bit more uh they've they've been a little bit more lucky in publishing because so much in publishing is luck
0: yeah no i agree and i also think that switching gears momentarily um i i think the same holds true all of these lessons also work for social media you know especially twitter which is my forte you can speak to other things if you'd like to um But I I consider Twitter to be basically a really big cocktail party where everybody that you've ever wanted to meet is in attendance. And it's up to you how you choose to interact. You know, all the agents that you want are there. All the editors you want are there. All the other writers that you admire are there, or most of them. um, You know, and the same holds true for actors, musicians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they're just all at this cocktail party that you are privileged to also be at. And so you can be the person who stands in the center of the room yelling, like, buy my book, buy my book. Um, or you can be the type of person who gently walks up to a conversation and contributes something um, that's of value to all of the other people there.
1: I think um, the other thing that social media works really well for in those situations is especially if you're following agents and editors and every agent and editor is on there is finding ways that you can personalize your queries or have authentic conversations with them, right? Like say this editor really loves mash and you can interact with them about mash and with no expectation of anything else. And then when you go to query that editor, you say, Hey, Uh, You know, I really love how much you love MASH and I thought this book might be right for you. It creates an opening and a personalization that you wouldn't have any other way without that interaction. And that's that's as, as good as networking can get is just bonding over MASH.
0: It is. And um, I, I also I've seen that happen, you know, the other way from the other side of the table as well, because I can't tell you the number of conferences or things that I've been and I'll be taking pictures or teaching a class. And either it will happen to me or it'll be somebody else's interaction where, you know, somebody will walk up and be like, hey, I'd like to introduce myself to you. We've never been in person. And then you're like, oh, my God, you're that person who posts those adorable cat pictures, you know, every Friday or whatever it is. And having that connection, however mild, um, is a connection. And so you're ahead of the game by having that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that was I mean, that was how my interview I got to interview Ryan Johnson for Script Magazine and. um We were both in the trenches on Twitter when The Last Jedi came out. I mean, him more so because he'd made the movie, but me more so because I was a critic who dared to understand why it was great. And um, really, I mean, that was how I got most of my followers, to be honest, was doing in-depth analysis of it. And I will tell you, Chantel, um, one of the, the best things that I've ever seen happen on Twitter was when um, I'd been doing all this in depth analysis on The Last Jedi on Twitter, and someone asked Robert McKee on Twitter what he thought of The Last Jedi, and he pointed them to all of my analysis. Mm-hmm. Made me feel like a million bucks. But anyway, I'm Twitter sure. is the water cooler where stuff like that can happen, where a nobody like me can um, get the notice of Ryan Johnson and, uh, you know, a, a master of screenplay. Uh, teaching like Robert McKee and actually have a space at the water cooler without having to barge into the party.
0: No, I think that's, that's a really good point. And I think, you know, it's, I I used to always say that, you know, you don't have to be right, you know, on social media to be successful as a writer. Unfortunately, in these times of a pandemic, when, many bookstores still aren't doing in-person events um, or what ones that are, are very sparsely attended. Um, There's not a lot of ways, especially if you're a new writer to get yourself in front of people and social media can do that. Um, You know, social media can kind of take the place of some of these conference conversations or bar conversations that used to be the way to do it. I mean, hopefully there will be just a continuation of both going forward but you know it really is just an added advantage to try to make a community online
1: um it's it's something that that it works it really does just work and i don't know i want to ask you like as an acquiring editor how much influence does a social media presence have for you is it something that you're looking for and like if they don't have one, it's a problem? Or is it something that um, you look and if they don't have one, it's not a big deal. But if they do have one and it's bad, that can detract from it? Or like what, how, how do you rate that in acquiring a book?
0: Well, you know, just to answer the question you didn't ask first, I, I do look at things as an acquiring editor like PitMad or PitDark or all of these hashtags where you can pitch online. Um, to editors and agents. I do, I mean, I don't necessarily read all of them, but I check in on those days periodically and see if anything catches my eye. And I have made requests on the basis of that. So those things work too. Um, And as far as, you know, if if you don't have social media, but you want it, that's something that will help you do. Um, You know, whether it's hooking you up with another author who's really good at it, doing, you know, a Zoom tutorial, showing you how to set it up. All of that fun stuff will help you with. As far as whether it makes or breaks, it will definitely break if there are certain, you know, really nefarious things going on on your social media. Um, I've also caught um, people who submit out in lies on their queries, like telling that they've won certain awards or written certain things or, you know, things that I can easily look up. Um, and so, of course, that does not play in your favor. Um, but I think having a, you know, professional, but fun social media. And yeah, if you've got a ton of followers, that's going to be a value add. I'm not going to turn you down if you don't have that, but it certainly goes into, oh, added bonus column. They already know how to do this and do it well.
1: Okay. That answers my question.
0: Yeah. And probably several you didn't ask.
1: Yeah, no, always. That's, that's, (laughs) what's great about you. Um, so I think I think, um, go out there and try to network and not be awkward, which I know is hard. It is hard. It's hard for me. I'm an introvert at heart, and going and networking is terrifying to me. Um, find whatever it is that helps you network and stick with it.
0: No, yep. no, I think that's great advice. and and I think that what you said earlier really does go to the key of it. Remember that we're all human, you know, play nice out there, treat somebody else like you'd want to be treated um in any of these interactions and and that can't really do you wrong.
1: Start networking with us on Twitter and follow yeah. us. Yeah.
0: We're we're nice people, she says. <laughs>
1: what is she? I don't know. I still, I've known you for years and I still haven't figured that out.
0: (laughs) No, we'd absolutely love to hear from you. Talk, tell us your favorite ways to network. Tell us your great stories about who you've met and befriended on Twitter. Um, and tell us what other questions you have that you'd like us to talk about in the, how to do blank in 15 minutes. Um, so we'd, we'd like to help you more. Yes.
1: Okay.
0: Until next time.